The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is the Three Things the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Hey everybody, welcome to the 40th edition of The Three Things. That's uh, you and me, three things on my mind to take you through the journey that is life. Sometimes my life, sometimes your life, sometimes the lives of others. I'm here to talk about it, I'm here to hang out with you, glad to be here. During a busy time for me, which is why I want to make sure I thank every single one of you who has supported me in uh, the book, Why We Love Star Wars. Great moments have built a galaxy far, far away. It is, uh, like I keep saying, pretty surreal. Pretty surreal that it's out there because you work in that kind of, uh, uh, you work in that kind of uh, high, uh, you know, you're, you're locked in a room and you don't know and you put it all out there uh, and, and then it's out there for the world to see and, and judge. But uh, you guys have been great in the pictures of the book and if you've left a review on Amazon, that means a lot. You can pick up the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, 80 plus books are sold. If you are uh, at a local bookstore and they don't have it and you want it, tell them. Please order this book, even at a library. Get it in the libraries. I'm going to be doing a, a, a library event locally soon, Star Wars Day over there. That'd be a lot of fun. So uh, enough about that. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you all. I want to talk about the three things on my mind. It's been a busy time. When isn't it a busy time? I think life is just a, a matter of managing the busyness and allowing yourself to get things done in the business, not lose track of what you got to do in the business. I've been losing track a lot, which is why uh, this past weekend, it was my girlfriend's birthday, and we, we both had to press pause on a lot of things. Especially we're both kind of freelance or whether her, you know, she's working on her acting stuff, which includes auditions and prepping for auditions and shoots and all those things and things pop up and it's hard to form a normal life. And I'm freelance. Uh, I'm seven days a week. There's there's no real true day off. Uh, there is um, uh, almost no normal business hours. You're going, you're going, you're going, which is great. I actually really do love that. I, I didn't like a nine to five type of job, so I love it. But, you know, we lose track of things in uh, the birthday week and we had to press pause. That's a that's like a bonus thing on my mind this week. Press a pause, which means we got to go to some nice dinners. Uh, we got to have a little party. We got to go do some activities. Go for a nice morning walk on the birthday. All those things that you just don't take the time to do. And if you follow me on social media, you probably saw this past weekend. One of the things we did was ride some horses, specifically Bambino and Macaroni. I was highest. High atop Bambino, good, strong Mustang, sturdy steed. And uh, it was uh, through the fine folks over at Sunset Ranch Hollywood. Uh, not promotion. We paid. Paid our ticket price. Uh, reserved our private tour. Uh, nice guy named Cassandra took us out into the wilds, sort of, of Griff- Griffith Park. Actually, it's really interesting because it's a guided tour and, you know, the horses are clopping along. Uh, they're capable of going more, but they got a nice steady three mile per hour pace here. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of hikers out there on the trails with you, but it's it's in, in, in part of a Griffith Park area of uh, uh, Los Angeles, Hollywood, Burbank. So Griffith Park is, is huge. Um, it contains, you know, the technical, I don't know, you know, the land, where the land goes might be 
you could find it on a map. But like the Hollywood signs there, but that's also a small portion of it that you can't really, you know, you can't always really get to it there. The Griffith, the zoo side of things, the LA Zoo, the Gene Autry Museum. I know I'm sounding like the California sketch on SNL, but it's like all there. So you, the, the, when you say, hey, I'm going to Griffith Park, that can mean one of really like 40 things going on. But we took the source right. So you think it's controlled. You're kind of laughing, oh, I'm a city slicker. And I mean, I am, uh, but you're out there on the horse. But uh, also at the same time, the, the tour guide saying, yeah, you know, there's rattlesnakes, coyotes. Oh, there's a mountain lion around here. It eats the deer. Oh, there's deer too. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, plus, your uh, the horses love to ride uh, or walk on the edge of the trail. And when I say edge, you know, I'm talking fifty feet down at times. And, and they always say, "Yeah, if you're not, if you're afraid of heights, might not be for you." <laughs> and it's, I'm not afraid of heights. I, I I do actually love heights. I love gazing out. It's the falling part. And the horse wants to be near the edge. It's 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 safety mechanism at work because it wants to scan everywhere around it and give itself some room from a predator. Very smart, these horses, but I'm freaked out the whole time. But that's the third thing on my mind. It's just horses in general and riding horses. And this is the first time I've done it in a couple of years. Last time I did it up in Tahoe. I know people that ride horses regularly, own horses, train horses, Jump horses, race horses, they do all the things. And I know some people who bet on the horses. Um, but horses in general, beautiful, beautiful animals. And if you haven't had the chance to do that, and a lot of us might not have had the chance because, again, we're all kind of city-centered. City, uh, uh, some of you might not be, and God bless you if you aren't. But I can't recommend it enough. Like I said, it's been a while since I've done it, but the trip up to Tahoe a few years ago, my friend Jay... Uh, Whiskey Fist Macintosh, a previous guest here in the Knapsack Files. He uh, hooked us up with uh, horse rides up at a ranch he used to do some work for, actually used to live on, and um, you feel great. That was a little short one. So I went for two hours. We reserved a two-hour ride because this is Grace's birthday. She used to ride horses a lot more in her youth, so it's kind of fun for her. It's been a while, but, you know, she's got more skills than I do. And I'm not unfamiliar uh, with the ways... Of, of guiding a horse and riding a horse. There's some, you know, some things you got to know, but I'm not the best at it. Uh, so we get up on, and we did, went for a two-hour ride, and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, don't let that fool you. Two hours on a horse, giggity. Have you ever done that? I know some of you might have. I feel as though I got thrown off the horse the next two days. Uh, I'm just recovering. It's like the third day after, and I'm just recovering just feeling like I, my body is back to one piece. It's, it's your, your ankles, you got your toes pointed up, your heels down to help uh, with the control of the horse and the just distributing, uh, you know, distributing your weight a little better. And then you're, you think you're just sitting, but you're really clenching, especially if you're like me, you're a little nervous. Um, and so it's my back hurts. Like I've just been doing three days of back exercises. I sat on a horse this is why jockeys and riders are in such great shape. This is why I have even more respect for actors, uh, Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, learning those horses, riding those horses, and doing even uh, 2% of their own stunts on horses. It's impressive. But the reason I recommend it above it all is this just something you feel connected this 1,000-pound beast, and you're just strolling around the city that you're uh, living in, the city you're aware of, if you're me, over the weekend. And there's just some calm and peace, some tranquility. 
I've been through the desert on a horse with a name. It was Bambino, and it was some of the best therapy I think I've had in a while. Because, again, we've been so busy lately, things happening. And just to press pause for two hours and sit on top of a horse and ride around and feel the fresh air, maybe swallow a gnat or two, and try to be one with the horse. That's what's so interesting. Horses, so smart, so perspective. A lot of, a lot, perspective. A lot of animals are like that, too. You know, Grace's dogs, uh, Baxter and uh, Adelaide, a.k.a. Ratsy. When she's not feeling well, they know it. Mom's laying on the couch, little blanket on, feeling sick. They know it. And horses feel it. They know it. And Bambino and I had to form this relationship. We had to connect. Big, strong horse. And he could kind of tell I was too nice. Grace, she she was riding macaroni. Our guide, Cassandra, riding Tennessee. Beautiful steed. Beautiful horse. Um, and, you know, she's, you know, our guide's an experienced rider. She's just uh, clopping along, doing her thing, giving us some good advice. And I'm, you know, and I'm being honest, like, hey, I'm, I'm not a beginner, but I'm not an intermediate. So teach me all your tricks. I definitely don't know the way of it there. But even then, when you get on it, that horse is like, yeah, no, you might think, you know, but you don't know. So it becomes this weird sort of wonderful, again, therapy, but wonderful kind of lesson. And how do you be one with nature, one with the beast that could destroy you if it wanted? If it wanted to buck me off or throw me down the side of a cliff. It could. What I loved about this horse, Bambino, that I was right, is it loved to snack. I mean, all horses probably do, but Macaroni wasn't really doing this. Bambino, every time it got close to the edge or close to a, a bush that it wanted to eat, oh, it ate that snack. And I'd get a little nipping from our guide, like, hey, 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 pull him away, pull him away, pull him to the left. And I'd yank, yank the, uh, the, the, uh, the reins, and she's like, no, don't think it, do it. Okay. Kick the horse. Get it going. Well, I can't do it. No, kick it. It's got to feel it. It's a thousand pounds. You got to get to it. You got to communicate with this horse. And I would, and I did, and you just got to, you got to both give yourself over to the process, but connect with this thousand pound animal that's kind of like, all right, you don't want to take control? I'll take control. It is beautiful. Horse and rider. What a relationship. Now you can see it. Make it makes more sense if you watch uh, the stories, the movies, or even just hear of uh, you know people in my life who know these horses, how they can come connected to them, become uh, one almost uh, spiritually, very spiritual. You wouldn't think that riding a horse. So, have you had had the experience of riding a horse? I'd love to share it. If you are out there listening to me and you own horses and you race horses, you do anything with it? You know, share your story, share your connections. At one point, the ride was very nice. You know, even though she, and our guide did this great thing, whether she meant to scare us or not. Eh, there's rattlesnakes out there. All right, not my favorite thing, but we're high on a horse. As long as the horse doesn't get spooked, I'm good. Coyotes. Hell, I just saw a coyote the other night in Burbank. I was walking along, and I hear noise on the other side of the street on the sidewalk, and I go, oh, that's an interesting dog. Oh, no, that's not a dog. <laughs> that's a wild coyote heading to Sizzler. It's all right, coyotes are fine. They're, they're kind of used to the, a lot of people up there that can do too much uh, in this environment. But she's like, deer. I'm like, I love deer. Yay, deer, Bambi. Oh, there's a mountain lion. Oh, boy. It's nature's way, she says so casually. It's nature's way. You're right, it is. I don't want to be part of nature's way. Um, but up there, well, the only scary point beyond all that was uh, Grace's horse, Macaroni, male horse. I'm um, riding Bambino, male horse. 
a lot of male testosterone riding around these beasts, I guess, uh, because uh, they're she's, she's like, all right, you know, they, they don't, I think they get along. And it's like a little puzzle piece. You got to find which horses can get along on this trail. So, again, it's on the edge. It's on the edge. And all of a sudden, like, like uh, uh, her horse trails up behind mine. And I don't know if it, it brushed it. Um, I don't know if it, um, if my horse could just sense it. But it, um, the Bambino flipped around and just started like, enough's enough, macaroni. And they started heeing and hawing. And we're like two inches from the edge. Two inches from the edge. And my life flashed before my eyes. And all this spiritual stuff I'm talking about with the horses just, ah! But I'm here. I survived. And I felt really refreshed. You get off and you feel like another person. You feel like a new person. I highly recommend it. That's why horses are number three on my mind this week. Number two thing on my mind this week is reunions. As in high school reunions. I am fascinated. I am fascinated entirely with the reaction different people have to the thought of high school reunions. Now, I've been to two so far. My 10th and my 20th. Makes sense. Uh, And I'm going, we're having a 25th reunion this fall in my hometown. And I'm going. I got my tickets in hand. I'm excited. I think it's silly. I think it's awesome. I think it's just nostalgia and and, and a weird kind of emotional check-in with your past, and I'm good with it. I went to my 10th, and and that's all the way back in 2004, and I was a different person then, Uh, a lot of different things going on in my life, a lot of things not going on in my life, but I went in with an open heart. It was a lot of fun. 20th was smaller scale, got thrown together kind of last minute, and it does just... It messes with your mind a little bit, attaching these years to it, but it was really, it was good. It was good. Um, but I, 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 and I, and I, I love the different reactions people have to it. Hell no, I am not going to my high school reunion. I don't want to see those people. I don't want to talk to those people. I don't want anything to do with this. I don't care. And I don't think any of those answers are wrong. I, I, I found it to be fun, but that's me. That's my life. That's where I am. That's where I have been on the previous ones. But it, uh, I understand high school wasn't the great ex- greatest experience for everyone. It wasn't the greatest for me. It wasn't the worst. Kind of right in the middle, you know. By my senior year, I was feeling pretty comfortable in who I was. Uh, it was only years later I discovered I wasn't as comfortable as I had hoped. But uh, that's also because uh, we allow things like failure and doubt to creep into our life and ruin some of the confidence you might have graduating high school. And not even confidence like I was uh, swaggerly, uh, a lot of swagger, uh, walking around, feeling my future was in hand, just like, your dreams. You dream big. You don't doubt it. That comes later. So I understand it. I understand you might not feel good about going back. Uh, you might feel awkward. You might feel weird. But I think it's a reminder. High school is very, very important. I always joke, when uh, my, especially my old job, when there'd be feuds and drama running around between my employees or them, uh, they'd be in my office. And, I'm just so tired of, of everything being like high school. Can't we grow up? And I always would say, no, that's that's it. That is life. It's not that it's like high school. It's like life. High school is 
or most four years of how life is. <laughs> the pecking orders, the struggles, the work, the obstacles, the failures, the romantic uh, stuff that works, that doesn't work, the love you get, the love you can't, uh, the popularity, the s- social structures. The reason it is so powerful is because it is, I think, the template. Good and bad. Good and bad. So I'm pretty fascinated by going back to it when you all go out into the world. And that includes, uh, you know, even if you, you put down some roots in your hometown, you're still out in the world. High school becomes this thing that you think's in your past. I'll never forget it. My 10th seeing people. Uh, now I'm here. I'm in L.A. at the time. I'm working in the security industry, doing stand up comedy, just finished uh, four years training at the groundlings, all these things. All these things, fall of 2004, all the things going pretty good that I can hang my hat on, a lot of room to grow, all of that. But, you know, not as maybe confident as a person as I am now, dealing with some depression issues, yada, 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 doesn't matter. But I walked into that feeling pretty happy and had a great time. But there'd be people there. You know, I don't know, say it's a girl you had a crush on in sixth grade or a, a guy you were intimidated by uh, for me, from my point of view. Like, and, and all of it came rushing back just 10 years later, and, 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 it's, and it's weird to feel that. So you might not like that. It's also a bit of a, it's definitely a bit of a, bit of a twist on your mind there because especially the 10-year high school reunion, that is, a, that is a plot point in a lot of movies. Gross, Gross Point Blank, one of my favorite movies. Uh, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion course comes to mind, all those things. The 10-year becomes this uh, story point that you grow up knowing about. Ah, the 10-year high school reunion. And I think you feel you're supposed to be farther along than you are. Uh, And even that's kind of false. So when you get ready to show back up or are faced with the prospect of showing back up, let's not even worry about the social interactions, the problems you may have had, people you don't want to see. Let's toss that out. You just might not feel you want to go back because you don't have enough to show. It is a weird show and tell. It's really weird. And when I went back for my 20th, 2014, I was, interestingly enough, not, I was still in a day job at the highest uh, peak. I couldn't get any, uh, I was a director of security, so I'd reached the top of kind of my little food chain. Could hang my head on that, but it was really, you know, the other stuff. By this time, I'm peering on schmoes regularly, got podcasts and everything. So a lot of people might see that from afar and be like, yeah, you're doing great things. But I didn't feel like I was doing great things. I remember talking to one friend. And he's at, he's just, fat. oh my gosh, I'm seeing your stuff. You're doing great things. Oh my gosh, it's so fascinating. I wish I was doing what you were doing. I'm like, ah, no problem. Man. Where are you? So you're down in San Diego. What are you doing? He's like, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a doctor. But it, I'm like, what? You're way more far along than I am. You're way more an adult, way more established 20 years later. And it's just weird. It's perception. Perception. So it does become this weird show and tell. And don't let it be that. But it's part of the fun. I don't see it as look at what I have done, look at what I haven't done, or don't look at what I haven't done. I don't see it as some sort of competition. I understand it can be treated that way, but I like going up and just like, this is where we are. And it is, it is a bit of a twist in the mind. 10 years, 20 years, those are big numbers. Just like 30, 35, turning 40, turning 50. Gosh, that's in my uh, radar screen now. That's scary. But yeah, yeah, it's all we, the numbers are important. We put a lot of importance on the numbers, but don't let that sidetrack you. Go back to that mental place on the horse, one with nature, at Zen, at a feeling of Zen with it all, peace with it all. I am looking forward to my 25th high school reunion. 
you know, big, big concert going back up. Uh, that's going to be at this place called the Madonna Inn in my hometown. Some people might actually know that kind of a famous kitschy hotel with themed rooms and everything like that. It's going to be a big event. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And I want to see all my friends. We're some of us from LA. We're going to, we're going to take the city by storm again. I'm feeling those connections. Facebook and MySpace even back in the day, Friendster even, all those type of social media tools, uh, more so than even Twitter and Instagram. Those work and those are the more popular ones. But it seems like the Facebook and the MySpaces of the world are the ones that kind of dampen the effect of high school reunions and you stay connected with your high school friends or people you knew, whether you want to or not, you stay connected with them. And I actually like that a lot too, but there's nothing like going face-to-face And just kind of leaving your worries, your doubts, your fears, and maybe even your pretensions at the door and just going back and enjoying the people that were once a huge part of your life, good or bad, and realizing you are independent of that, but you can still swim in the memories and still have some fun. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We're going to take a quick break here on the three things and come back with my number one. Give you a hint. He does a lot of fighting. Things episode 40 on the Napsack Files podcast feed with the number one thing on my mind this week, and it is Keanu Reeves. Oh, I never thought Keanu Reeves would be on my mind in any way, shape, or form, but yet here he is. Yep, finally, you all know I don't see movies in a timely fashion unless they are a war in the stars. Finally, have uh, fully caught up the wonderful island world of John Wick. It was uh, Memorial Day weekend when uh, Grace and I were looking to watch something and she's like, hey, let's watch uh, John Wick. Uh, like, uh, John Wick 2. I haven't seen it. And I was like, well, I haven't seen John Wick 1. She was, what? So next thing you know, we were watching John Wick, quickly followed by John Wick 2. And then as part of the birthday weekend celebrations, it was John Wick 3. Parabellum. Prepare for war. Um, so this isn't a movie review. This isn't a Discussion about John Wick uh, entirely. Great movies, very violent. I'll see. I'll say this: I've enjoyed uh, John Wick one the most. Uh, just something straightforward, simple about it. But I do love how the world just kind of expands. And I won't for those who haven't seen it yet or still might want to. Won't go again too much details. Details. Not a not a movie review of John Wick here. But it's this weird, fantastic assassin world that really gets no explanation. And by three, by by John Wick chapter three, it is just bonkers. What is going on? It's I can't understand. I I mean, you don't even really need to understand it, which I think is part of the beauty in it. You just got to accept it. Oh, okay. They're pulling a Wayne's World too. They're in the desert looking for the uh, someone big. Uh, okay. That's it. That's a thing. One is pretty bonkers uh, once you pull back the layers of what's going on in this continental hotel and and um, these crime syndicates and assassins and all these things. But it just, by two, 
It's just out there. But I loved it. But by, I will, I'll say watching one and two back to back on the same night is uh, interesting because um, that's a lot of violence. <laughs> and I, I, I don't mind violence. I, I'm sensitive uh, to what's going on in the real world sometimes. I understand those concerns. I just, I can separate it. And yeah, I can separate it. And, and I, you know, I'm not saying that some of the stuff we see and watch and play doesn't affect what we believe and see and hear and do. Um, I still believe in the responsibility of the individual above a lot of other things. But uh, I also think it all is a nice stew, <laughs> a stew of influence, a bubbling stew of influence where you can just watch this video games, uh, essentially a movie. It's just a live action video game of our hero going on, uh, getting some revenge and you're rooting for him and it's great. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. That's not entirely what's on my mind. It's Keanu Reeves. This Keanu Reeves comeback and what it means and how I didn't know, I didn't realize so much joy it would bring me because I wasn't someone who would call myself a Keanu fan. In fact, at one point, it's probably one of the, the chorus of people who would tease him, not to his face, but just in pop culture and conversation. I think it's because Keanu Reeves became one of the biggest stars in the world thanks to Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, followed by uh, uh, the... Uh, uh, the uh, Patrick Swayze uh, uh, picture, uh, the point break becomes big, becomes huge. And, and then something happens, and I was there. I was in Shakespeare class in 1993, speaking of high school, when he tried his hand at Shakespeare. And it was a Much Ado About Nothing, Kenneth Branagh's film, Emmett Thompson, Denzel Washington, and Keanu Reeves. And, you know, it, did, uh, it didn't work. Didn't work. But he, you know, did Walk in the Clouds, all these movies. So it starts to become this, like, you can poke fun at him, right? Oh, Doth Shakespeare, I'm trying. Like, it doesn't work, right, you think? And, you know, maybe he's not uh, Laurence Olivier, Sir Laurence Olivier, I get it. But he, he kind of becomes his punchline, his star fades, and that happens so many times. Happens for various reasons, happens for different reasons, some of them nefarious, but it just seems he he fades and he goes along uh, just kind of, you, know, you know, I'm not even mentioning The Matrix, which eventually kind of, also I should, I, I feel, maybe I'm wrong, that I feel that The Matrix kind of was a bit of a comeback for him too, following the 1993 kind of Shakespeare uh, kind of uh, disaster there. And then The Matrix, he fades away again perhaps a little bit to do with the second and third uh, volumes of The Matrix not doing as well, and, and that kind of fades away as if that was his fault entirely, right? Um, so it's weird, and this is what happens. Every Paul Simon sings, every generation throws a hero up the pop chart, and then I think we all love to tear them down, and sometimes, uh, you know, it's just funny too, right? And that's, that's what I think we're all learning is pop culture really... Pop culture, to me is so much different now than it was 10 years, 20 years, but it was 30 years, 40 years ago even. I, I look at the late 70s is when that stuff really started to hit. The Star Wars, the Star Trek goes back into the theaters, Jaws, Close Encounters, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1980, uh, the big properties of the, uh, of the 1980s. That's what the modern-day pop culture all kind of ties back into, and, and we're learning now some of the effects of... Uh, our jokes, Ahmed Best as Jar Jar Banks and what he went through, his depression, suicide attempt, all this kind of stuff. We're starting to see now like, oh, we some of the barbs and slings that we tossed into the world weren't, uh, weren't maybe weren't needed. Uh, Keanu Reeves, it's a fascinating story because I did not, as I grew up with him being a big star, I did not grow up knowing much about him. And now you hear some of his stuff. Bad abuse of fathers, trial, uh, trial, 
a childhood that's challenging and and you don't hear all that. He just becomes a punchline. And then the sad Keanu meme hits a few years ago. Keanu Reeves in New York on a park bench eating a sandwich, just looking despondent. And it's easy to think in that snapshot, because the Internet is so good at that. The Internet is so good at taking things out of context and editing and cutting up video or taking a picture, taking a statement and just plucking it out and putting it up there, and you can form a thousand opinions based on what you think you're seeing. Here's Keanu Reeves, one of the biggest stars in the world on two occasions for two eras, alone on a park bench, sadly eating a sandwich. What a pathetic scene. How sad is that? No one's seen that here is one of the biggest stars in the world during two different eras who's made probably a lot of money during that time, just humbly sitting on a park bench and joining enjoying a damn sandwich. No one's seeing that. No one's celebrating that. They're just, oh, he's not on a boat with caviar and models. What a failure. And then more starts to emerge with Keanu on subways. That video, that famous video that goes around every once in a while of him giving up his seat to a uh, female passenger he sees, just very nonchalantly sitting there, looks up. Oh, hey, how you doing? Would you like a seat? So nice. And then stories start to emerge of things he does. Charity work. Not known to the world. And the struggles he had been through in his life. To get to where he even was during the Bill and Ted phase. I love a good comeback story. I sometimes hate that people have to come back after we tear them down. But I look at this John Wick resurgence, which is to me the third chapter of the Keanu Sants, his third big comeback. It's a movie that plays to his strengths as a performer, as an actor, with a director he worked with on, uh, I believe, The Matrix as a stunt coordinator, now just having fun. Yeah, looking cool, being violent, but uh, there's a soul there. There's something, some immediate empathy we have for the character of John Wick because I think it is Keanu. It's simple. It's straightforward. And it's not bad storytelling. It is very effective. But I think a lot of it is we're rooting for Keanu Reeves, especially now, like chapter two and now chapter three. Now it's fun. And Keanu Reeves in the first one says in a clip that's now, uh, you know, gone around the world too of, you know, people asking if I'm back. Yeah, I'm saying I'm back. That's Keanu to us. It's not just John Wick or Jonathan Wick. As Ian McShane would say, Jonathan. Uh, it's fascinating to me. And as I'm watching the movie last night in theaters a few weeks after its release, small theater, but still enough people showing up, people having fun. And he's doing crazy things, crazy stunts on a horse, by the way. Uh, motorcycles, knives, fights, fist fights, gunfights, everything, and it's over the top and it's crazy. And the story spins more, just gets more wild and wild as we go along. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking to myself, it's about time. It's about time that a nice guy who overcomes some things and just bears down, works hard, and is humble enough to probably have the bank account to go to a restaurant you or I cannot be admitted into, won't be admitted to, and can't afford to get into. He doesn't want that. He's okay with sitting, having a brown bag sandwich. In a time of 
reality stars and fluff and online drama that's designed to tear people apart. Online drama, real-world drama, real-world problems, by the way, but also real-world drama that's just hype and fluff and anger and evil. It's nice to know that a nice, humble guy who just likes making movies and doesn't mind giving up his seat on a subway because he's not in a fancy car, fancy plane. I'm sure he does it every now and then. I'm sure he has to sometimes for his job. Not saying Keanu Reeves doesn't enjoy the finer things in life, so if you send me a picture of him at a five-star restaurant, yeah. But he's also a guy who humbly walks down the street not thinking, I'm Keanu, just thinks I'm me. And it's nice to see that on top of things now. We're all excited. If you're a fan of the John Wick franchise, there's going to be a fourth one. And this moves on. Matrix was great, but two and three maybe didn't live up to expectations, so he faded away. Bill and Ted, all those things, that kind of came crashing down in the mid-90s when people kind of wanted to make fun of Keanu Reeves, Shakespeare actor and all that he wanted to be or just took a shot at trying. Now here he is in his 50s. Back, baby. Back. A good guy, a good person. Back on top again. And I think in this... In this era, that's comforting. Who are the good people in your lives? Who are the good people out there that you should be supporting? Not in getting involved in the, in the drama, the hate, and the suffering. Yeah, thanks, Yoda. John Wick might not be for you. Might be too violent. I understand. Might be too simple, straightforward story. Maybe you want something bigger and deeper. I understand. I got there late. But I am very happy to celebrate Keanu Reeves being back and on top once again. That is the three things for this week. Thank you so much for listening to my uh, ramblings. And I have to give a special shout out to my high tier patrons. These are the executive producers on patreon.com slash That's DJ Snacks, Real Snacks Attack, Thomas Rizzling, Lethal Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bedore, Matt Thompson, The Brothers Buddha. Taymor and Abdul, Donald Long, Nathan Novendale, and Zach Anderson. Thanks to all of you for your support and everyone on Patreon that makes this show possible. It does make it possible. Let me tell you something. I ain't rolling in book money. I saw someone tweet that to me the other day. Oh, Ken, take all that book money. Uh, oh, the realities. I'm out here doing it on my own, and I appreciate you guys making that possible, especially those in the TNF boardroom with uh, monthly business meetings with me. Give me good ideas and help form the next steps here in the Knapsack Files and everything I do. Can't thank you all enough. We'll see ya. That's the three things on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Number 40s in the books. Mm-hmm.